You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Startup. I'm your host, Meetul Shah. Today, super excited to talk to Seema Swami on the impact of customer mm-hmm. insights. Most recently, Seema was the director of customer insights at Intuit. She's an accomplished customer market and design research inside leaders with more than 15 years of experience. Her expertise includes planning and managing research, market segmentation, analyzing competitors, and providing market research to CSWAF. Seema, super excited to have you. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure, Neetul. Thank you very much. Been looking forward to it. Absolutely. Likewise. You know, Seema, I remember, uh, you know, when we were having this discussion before the show and there was a perception, you know, I had about customer insights, you know, and what I thought of that. I think it'd be awesome if you could just start from the basic as to what is the definition of customer insights and what is the need for it? Yeah. Customer insights is one of the key pieces that defines and determines the sustained success of a business and an organization. Why is it so central is unless businesses and organizations can understand the pulse of what the customers want and need and pretty much identify who their core customer bases are and then figure out how to continue to provide them with a delightful experience. It is very difficult for an organization to continue to hold their leadership position or attain that position in their customer journey or in their business journey. Customer journey and the business journey need to go hand in hand. And the role of customer insights is absolutely critical. So what is customer insights? Many people actually talk about customer insights as being data. Bring me the numbers. But it's a lot more than that. Customer data is what number of people and number of of groups of people can talk about what they believe their wants and needs are. But ultimately, you cannot really address 15,000 or 1,500 or even hundreds of different needs that you can gather. Insights is distillation of those key core wants and needs, as well as what the actionable recommendations should be that you provide to the organization, not only to the leadership, but throughout the organization, different levels of the organization, not only to get them to become part of that journey of the customer, but to make sure that they distill that into their business strategies as well as product strategies, and last but not the least, their customer experience strategy. Very interesting. So, uh, you know, with that definition, what what are the what are the impacts? Because this is this can impact, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, lot of teams. If I if I may yeah. say that, all the teams, right? Yeah. So, what is the impact of customer insights on different teams in a company? See, the customer insights can actually help you define how to build a product or even what product to build. It can help drive innovation. As you know, there are so many smart and brilliant people within an organization that come up with, let's let's start with the product part, right? Let's say they come up with two or three or four different types of products. But for an organization to be able to decide where to put 
their um, their heads on and where to actually direct their attention. It is extremely important for them to figure out how sustainable it is, how wide is the market, how much of a business um, uh, boost that would be for the organization. And for that, they have to bring in the core pieces of wants and needs, um, existing technology possibilities, as well as the direction in which the profitability in the business can grow. So it helps you define what a core product can be also. For example, let's take a um, company, I'm not going to say the name of it, but um, let's just take an accounting organization. Let's say there's actually a group of people that are having a small business and they're thinking about how to pay all my vendors at the same time, make my payments, but at the same time also receive payments. So accounts payables and accounts receivables, these, these can be very, very different aspects of their own um, business experience. But for that, if it's a small group of people, small uh, business that a person is having, um, maybe they had run short on capital. They run short because the receivables come much later than the payables that need to go out. In that case, what is the business opportunity for an organization? Do they actually connect them to people that actually provide the capital or do they decide that I'm going to combine giving them this application, but at the same time also help provide them with the capital. So that kind of an insight can come because a customer insights researcher has gone out and understood the entire business spectrum, what their wants and needs are, and can bring that. And together they can brainstorm with the product team and say, perhaps we can build a solution that not only looks at accounts payables and receivables, but integrates it with the capital as well. So that's an example of it, right? In terms of what kind of products you can potentially build. Another example would be if you're looking at customer um, experience. Customer experience is one of those uh, teams and subgroups within an institution that is typically thought of as being a cost center and not as a business center. But especially in a C2C or business to consumer uh, environment, even B2B, it is extremely critical in not only reducing churn, in fact, preventing churn to a large extent, but also reducing churn for sure, but also help increase adoption. So typically adoption and reduction of churn is seen as a responsibility of marketing, where they have a lot of marketing campaign, a lot of budgets out there. But as we know, advertisements as effective as they are cannot be as effective as human-human interaction. So when somebody has come to the organization, whether it is a complaint, whether it's an issue, or it's a desire for a better experience, that is the touch point that is absolutely critical for an organization to be able to hone in and make sure that we turn a, an unhappy customer into, into a customer that at the very least leaves feeling cared for, uh, feels leaving, um, someone that he, he believes that the customer, that the organization has his or her back. And how does that happen? Because we have advocates, the strongest advocates are the customer support representatives. But again, there are so many issues that they have to tackle with, right? So what are those issues? What are the primary issues? How do you actually identify how to go after each of these customers? Are there certain baselines that we should follow? So organizations like Amazon, eBay, Uber, Lyft, whole bunch of organizations have 
millions of people or at least hundreds of thousands of people that contact customer support every single year. So each organization needs to figure out what is it that the customer, experience, customer expects from the organization, how can we fulfill that? So that's the second aspect. The third aspect is marketing. In marketing, one needs to understand what is the most effective strategy for going out and advertising. So for organizations, uh, gig business, should you be talking about um, cheapness of the price or should you be talking about how quick is it or should you be talking about how flexible the service is? So you need to understand which of these or which combination of these uh, different campaign strategies are most effective. Again, with regard to Amazon and eBay, for example, it is, um, do you actually get it, is convenience more important or is uh, finding the item that you really need that's most important or are there different segments that you want to reach out to with different personalized messages? So it's really important to have customer insights direct throughout the organization and they are actually very interconnected as siloed as they seem, they aren't. It's just that there are three different organizations and customer insights can have an equal and very, very deep impact on the success for all of these teams and to the business as a whole. So it seems like you start with the customer insights, you know, before even, it's like a precursor to any of these activities you do, right? Before you yeah. do even your MRD, PRD, you know, before you, when you write any of your spec or building a product, if you're building a product, say for example, you know, is this a continuous activity or, is this, you know, companies do this, you know, in the beginning and then you're done with this and you start building the product and you come back to customer insights, you know, when you're rethinking of a new version or launching something, uh, something new? That's a great question, Nicole. Actually, it is, it has to be a continuous process. It has to start at the beginning sustain. It's iterative because the experiences of a customer today that delights him or her is going to be different from what it is going to be next year or the year after. With innovation comes increased expectations. What delights me today, for example, look at the latency. When you click on a link, um, it used to take people had a tolerance level um, for several seconds earlier on. Now they want it to be absolutely instantaneous. Anything less than that would be frustrated. Even the quality of the vision needs to be really good and really great. That this is a precursor to anything you do, right? Before your PRD, MRDs, yeah. any of these activities. Is this a continuous process or this is like you do one time and then you come back again when you're redoing a new version of a product? You know, ideally customer insights researchers partner with the product management team, customer experience uh, management team, as well as the marketing team throughout the life cycle process, which is to say it works hand in glove with all these groups continuously. Essentially, focusing on the customer makes the company more resilient. That's what Jeff Bezos said, but actually it is true. Uh, the expectations of the customer changes with time. It is not static, it is not stagnant. The delightful experience of today for a customer is a baseline expectation for tomorrow. So how do you continuously determine what that new delightful experience is and keep providing so that a company remains and sustains its leadership position and continues to grow its market share? So how does it do that? So when there are a number of insights that a customer 
insights research provides to the organization, not all of it can be actioned upon in one go, right? There are a lot of uh, resources that need to be put in place. So, or sometimes the product needs to go out the door and obviously they cannot necessarily, or they're not in a position to um, act upon those recommendations, at least the full extent of it. In which case, the researcher provides short-term actionable recommendations as a stopgap measure and a long-term um, actionable recommendation for a more delightful experience the product team can then put into practice, for example. So the role of a customer uh, insight team is very, very fluid and it is very tightly knit in an ideal situation with a product marketing and customer experience team. Got it, got it. So is, as a business, ultimately everything is, you know, it, at some level it's tied to ROI and somebody's, you know, crunching numbers and trying to figure stuff out if, yeah. if you know, if it's, if you should yeah. invest in this or not. Yes. How one can determine an ROI from customer insights? Right. You know, this has been the catch-22 question. Um, <laughs> it, has been, it has been the holy grail of researchers. In fact, um, there was actually one of the researchers in the field, one of the leaders in the field who said, initially, it definitely has an impact on the ROI, but it has been a challenge for research insights folks to be able to determine how to tie insights and actions that have been taken place based on those insights, bottom line, that is tying it to the economy. As challenging as it is, it is possible to do that. Absence of finding a significant result, though, is not indicative of an absence of an ROI. But I can actually tell you confidently that it is extremely viable and it is possible. But the question is, how are you using or what measures are you using to develop the ROI or to show the value of good customer experience on the ROI? Let me give you an example of a very, very large multi-billion dollar company where I actually provided one of the bespoke metrics. These bespoke metrics can be slightly different in different organizations, but I'll tell you exactly what worked for us in terms of tying the business metrics to the ROI or the customer experience metrics to the ROI. How much more revenue can you actually gain by providing a great customer experience or a good customer experience or even above average customer experience? And how much money the organization was losing by uh, providing a suboptimal customer support experience. So that actually drove the whole notion of why customer experience was not a cost center, but a business center. Let me be more specific of what I mean. So normally people in companies look at um, the CSAT score, right? And uh, there is also this NPS that has been very, very popular for a very, very long period of time. Um, the most popular measurements or metrics that organizations have been using is the NPS and the CSAT scores. And sometimes there's uh, some organizations also use the customer effort score. These are all single item metrics. And of these three, NPS in particular is a little bit more controversial of late, where purists in research feel that there are a number of issues with NPS. And its applicability is potentially limited to organizations where there is very strong positive and negative opinions. 
I can go into the issues with NPS in another um, podcast, or if you have, I can I, time I can elaborate it further. But what the point I was trying to make is to be able to tie ROI, you have to come up with a good, sophisticated metric. Potentially, it could be a bespoke metric. The bespoke metric can have a combination of multiple questions, including how satisfied or dissatisfied were you with that experience? What was your overall customer experience like? How likely are you to talk to people about your experience based on your experience with the customer support representative? And lastly, what is your perception of the brand impact, of the impact of your perception or your perception of the organization? And last but not least, it was on the last one, how likely are you to use the product or service more, less, or the same? So when you actually bring all these different factors together and look at what the factor loadings are and then look at what the score is, Look at the central point as your cutoff point. Anything above that is a positive experience. Anything below that, it's a negative experience. And also look at how much usage that you have had of their product or service um, in terms of time, one month, three months, six months, after that last experience and prior to that. Look at the delta of it and it should answer to you what the ROI is. If your ROI increases after your interaction with the customer support representative, for example, then that ROI is very clear, especially if your experiences were positive. But if it drops and your self-reports were also consistently negative, then you know that that your experience or the customer's experience had a distinct impact on the ROI of the organization. To see the net positive or net negative, you can subtract the amount that the uh, organization accrued and the amount that the organization lost. Prior to that baseline, you can have your ROI. And when the ROI is manifestly huge, you know that the impact of that service is absolutely critical. But that's not enough. What you also need to know is what are the factors that are driving the ROI? There are a number of factors. You want to isolate the top four or five different factors that are driving that experience so the organization can be super focused on what to pay attention to so that it can continue to not only provide a delightful experience, but increase the uh, business itself. In addition to that, it can also increase your adoption because nothing is more positive or more important than positive word of mouth. It is much more effective. Word of mouth is much more effective than any amount of advertisement campaigns in terms of getting people to try your product or at least not. Uh, and also, secondly, also to not churn from using your product. Got it. But this is such a such a vast topic and such an interesting topic. I don't think the 20-minute podcast is going to do justice to it. Uh, but I guess this is the time that we have. So if people have more questions and want to reach out to you to understand yeah. more, double click on some of these things, how best they can contact you? They can reach me by email at seemaswami at gmail.com and um, available on LinkedIn. I accept LinkedIn invites as well. So seemaswami is LinkedIn slash in slash seemaswami. Okay, fantastic. Well, Seema, thank you for being on our show. We really enjoyed it. I'm sure our listeners would have a lot of fun and they're going to learn a lot of interesting stuff for customer insights. Right. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mito. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.